Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. KFI AM 640. You're listening to Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to home, where every week we help you better understand that place where you live. I am Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, here with you live like I am every weekend, Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Pacific Time, Sunday mornings, 9 to noon Pacific time. So glad you joined us this morning. We are talking roofing and yard drainage today. Uh, But we're also here at the top of the hour. Uh, It's time to go to the phone. So I'm going to go back to the phones. We're going to get back to roofing and yard drainage in just a smidgen. A smidgen? Did I say that? What What am I from, the 1940s? Uh, (laughs) Tina's like, yeah, maybe you are. Uh, we're going to get back to them in just a bit, uh, but uh, I want to get back to the phones. Okay, let's talk to uh, Lynn. Hey, Lynn, welcome home. Hey, hey, Dean. I've got a, a problem. Um, I have a 1921 Spanish house. Uh, mm. Most of it's original. It's beautiful. Um, it's small, but I have a dog that has done some damage. Um, she gets really anxious, and she's chewed up some stuff, including a window in my bedroom, the French window um, from the outside. She was trying to get in one day when I was gone, and she chewed off the windowsill, a lot of it, and some of the window. And then the other night, there was fireworks before the 4th of July, and I wasn't home, and she attacked some cabinets in my kitchen and they're solid wood. I don't think they're original to the home, but they're probably at least 50 or 60 years old and they're custom beautiful cabinets. And she got the corners of two of the drawers. She bit through one of the doors. It's a pantry door. And then my swinging door that goes from my kitchen to my, to the other uh, dining area in the house. Um, She's very destructive and she gets into the wood and I just don't know. I tried to have a handyman patch the window and he did a very bad job. Um, so I'm looking for somebody who could do some possible restoration. Um, you know, I can't really replace a whole set of kitchen cabinets. And because these cabinets are unique and original and custom, it's not like I can just go get a panel somewhere and pop it in there. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. know if you had any suggestions. Um, there's also some deferred maintenance just in general, and including a bathroom that I need to tackle at some point. And I don't really know where to go. I see these places that do, you know, renovations, but they're, kind of like you pick the one that you want and they'll do the whole thing. They won't kind of do a piecemeal. Right, right, right. Yeah, this is a, that's a, that's a pickle, Lynn. I got to tell you, Uh, uh, just because it is, it's one of those areas that kind of falls in the gaps, right? Uh, There are some fantastic general contractors out there who specialize in, uh, you know, restoration work, uh, older homes. Uh, I mean, they have lots and lots of experience with older homes. Uh, But when we say that, it's usually, you know, they're interested in being handed, you know, a large scale job, not just a little repair here or there. And, and, And then the other reality is then you got like, okay, so typically for something like that, you're okay, you're gonna call a handy person, call a handyman service, right? 
Uh, right. But uh, handyman services, some of them are licensed. Uh, I always recommend that you use a licensed handyman service as opposed to a non-licensed one because, uh, well, if they don't have their licensing, they, you know, there may be reasons for that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, right. Okay. And, and uh, but uh, how many of them have uh, expertise in this area of restoration, right? So it, I wish I had a great answer for you. I think the answer uh, ultimately comes down to, I mean, I, I'm frustrated even telling you this. Keep looking. <laughs> okay. um, I, I basically here and, and I would bias towards this. I would I would still I would keep searching. Uh, if you're in the L.A. area, I would keep searching I am. Uh, uh, local references uh, even talk to your neighbors because, you know, I'm I'm sure where what what neighborhood are you in? I'm in Las Feliz. Okay, so you're in Las Feliz. So one of the things that you might uh, hit, you might strike gold with, is by even talking to neighbors or driving the neighborhood and seeing who's getting work done. Because you, your 1921 uh, Spanish home is not, you know, an outlier in the Los Feliz neighborhood. I mean, it, there's that the whole neighborhood is made up right. of those era of homes. So I've talked to some uh, of the immediate neighbors, and they just, you know, they they have. Some of them have the same issues that I do. They're like, yeah. we don't know. We need to find somebody. I mean, people. I've I've hired people before, but they haven't done the kind of work that I've expected. And I don't really know if there's a service, that, like a service that you can go to where you can search up, uh, like where do I go to find a licensed handyman? Instead of you know, I've found them in the past by word of mouth. But is there like a, a registry? Yeah, I wish so I, I wish that was the case. I wish that was the okay. case. I wish it was the case. It, it just right. doesn't seem to be the case. And I and I understand why it's not it's you know, I've been encouraged here on the show. Hey, Dean, why don't you put together a list of recommended contractors for Southern California? And I'm like, OK, in theory, that sounds like a really, really great idea. But here's the problem. Southern California is a huge place. And that would require right. me if I'm going to put my name behind it, knowing every one of these contractors, vetting them, knowing that they, you know, that I'm handing them over to you and they're not going to do uh, that. They're going to do a great job. And that could easily consume half of uh, my career just doing that. So yeah. that and that's why it's a difficult thing to do. That's why we haven't published a list of recommended contractors. So all I can say is, I mean, how's uh, dot com. Tina, are there any, I would actually, I kind of stay away from Angie's list these days just because we've seen oh, some yeah, bias, biases that, yeah. and, um, house.com, H O U Z Z.com. It's a decent source. Local realtors are a great source sometimes okay. for this kind That's of work, talking to a local realtor because they encounter the kind of stuff when they're trying to put a house on the market where Right. Uh, the, a house just needs a little of this and a little of that, right? And so they may okay. have some contacts, especially uh, in trying to keep things. And then keep searching historic restoration contractors. Because here's the one thing, though, I will tell you. Uh, and then, oh, we got to go to break. But uh, the, I will tell you this, Lynn, and anybody who's struggling with a historic house restoration, small projects, that kind of thing, the more narrow you make that search, in other words, not just contractors who occasionally work on historic homes, but historic house restoration. That is such a specialty. You're very, very likely to find somebody who's willing to do smaller projects because it is. It tends to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Okay? Right. 
Okay, so that, that's literally the best advice I can give you on that. I wish there was just like, oh, yeah, I got an answer for you. Do this. Call this person. It's just tough. It's tough. It's just a tough thing. I was hoping. Yeah. Now, if we were on the East Coast, okay, every general contractor deals with old homes because that's all there is. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. It would be, a, it's a much different feel. But out here, yeah, it's a, it's tougher. It's tougher. Thank you so much. Lynn, thank you for calling. Thanks for the question. It was an educational answer for at least uh, at least on that sense uh, for everybody else who's listening. It's just it's not everything is an easy answer, is it? No. All right. Uh, you know what? When we come back, I'm going to go back to the phones yet again because uh, we got quite a few calls just uh, waiting there. So hang tight. If you're on the line, hang tight. Who knows? And when we return, more of your calls. I'm so glad you joined me this morning. You're home with Dean Sharp, the House Whisper. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp on demand from KFI AM 640. Thanks for joining us on the program. We're talking roofs and yard drainage today. We're getting back to that in just a bit, but I'm also taking calls as we do. And uh, so I want to get back to the phones. But first, it's time for another house call with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Ding dong. Uh, today's house call brought to you by WDC Kitchen and Bath Center. All right, here is a question I get a lot. Kitchen appliances. Do we buy all one brand or do we mix them up, Dean? The answer is, eh, I don't know. Uh, it really does depend. It depends on this. Oh, first of all, uh, ideally, uh, uh, I like the idea of picking just the right appliance from just the right manufacturer for each of your individual appliance needs. So if you absolutely love an oven made by this manufacturer, boom, there's that oven. If you prefer a cooktop made by another manufacturer, boom, there's that one and so on and so forth. The only reason that uh, we sometimes move away from that idea is finishes. I also would like your kitchen to look not like a patchwork quilt of appliances with various finishes, but uh, something that is uh, somewhat uniform. That's why, by the way, stainless steel finishes for appliances are such a popular option because one brush stainless steel appliance brand, even if it's from a different manufacturer, tends to look and, and complement another stainless steel appliance brand. So that being said, also, uh, black glass, uh, those kinds of things. So just be aware of finishes. One last item on this. There are a lot of great manufacturers out there that make a full swath of great materials. I particularly right now am a big fan for the last few years of what GE has been pumping out in their profile and cafe series. And manufacturers like that, and I'm not saying that's the only one that you should go for, but manufacturers like that also often offer uh, cost breaks when you buy groups or suites of appliances, meaning if you buy three or four or more, you end up getting a big break from the manufacturer, not just the dealer, but from the manufacturer on the, the appliances themselves. So all things to be taken into consideration. At the end of the day, I want you to have the appliance that you want, and I want your kitchen to look unified like it all belongs together. So find that balance and you're in great shape. Okay, let's get back to the phones, shall we? I want to talk to Gary. Hey, Gary, welcome home. Yeah, hey, how you doing? I just bought a uh, 1949, 4,200-square-foot home and deferred maintenance should have been in the MLS. Anyway, I'm going <laughs> through the drains 
the, you know, the outside drains, and there's about four of them, and I start clearing out the mud, and I stick my hand in there, and I'm feeling all these roots. So if I can't sneak those roots out, what's plan B to get rid of the storage or the uh, drainage? Okay, so this is not sewer. This is just outdoor area drains? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I right. already took care of the, the roots and the sewer drains. Okay. Uh, well, okay. So uh, what are these drains uh, made out of, the outdoor? I mean, if, if this is original stuff or this is relatively new stuff, are these PVC drains? What do we got here? I, I think I'm feeling the uh, the PVC, but I also think there's some clay in there, too. Okay. Yeah, like one of them might have been replaced, but I'm pretty sure all that old stuff was the red clay. Right, right. Yeah, red clay is just a pain in the bootay when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know why we ever used it in the ground, ever, uh, other than, of course, you know, cost. And, uh, you know, I understand 100 years ago popping it in there because we didn't have any better alternatives. But these days, yeah, that's right. sort of inexcusable. Uh, so uh, here's the thing. Different thicknesses of PVC react differently to uh, uh, rooter blades, okay? The last thing in the world I would want to do is tell you, yeah, just send a rooter down there, just tear those suckers out, uh, because I also don't want uh, the rooter itself to uh, tear up the inside of your pipe. So if it's really thin, flexible, typical French drain material, uh, we're a little hesitant to send that. Now, if it's PVC, it's Schedule 80... Yeah, if it's Schedule 80... or it's the thin French drain stuff. Okay, so if that's the case then it'll probably hold up okay. If it's Schedule 80 or Schedule 40 PVC, it'll probably hold up okay to getting a rooter blade in there to clear them out initially. Uh, you can water jet them, okay? That's another choice, which is a lot uh, easier on the pipe itself. Uh, but at the end of the day, all right, so let's say you just decide, all right, we're just going to water jet the line, we're going to clear out the mud and, uh, and, and minimize the, the roots in there. You could start using a product, and this stuff really works. In fact, you know what? I just ha recommended this to my mom because uh, she had a sewer line that out in the front of the house has got some root intrusion happening to it. Um, uh, use a, well, what we kind of refer to as a root RX, right? A prescription for it. Um, Green Gobbler, that's the one that comes to mind. Green Gobbler, you can find, I think it, they've got it at Home Depot. You can order it on Amazon. It's a foaming root. the parking lot right now. <laughs> okay, so it's a foaming root dissolver, okay? And uh, what you'll do is you'll use it as a regular treatment. And it will, number one, if the roots are relatively light, it'll eventually clear the pipe out of the roots. Now, it's not going to keep them from coming back, but... If you regularly use it, uh, uh, something like, uh, you know, you get on just a regular schedule at first weekly and then probably monthly will be fine. Uh, you can keep the roots at bay. You can keep them out of the pipe and the, the the local plants that, you know, every once in a while, they even decide, you know what, it's not even worth it anymore. Forget it. We're not sending roots in there anymore. Uh, so depending on the amount of roots, where they're coming through, if they've crushed the pipe or broken it open, that could be a problem. But if it's just roots sliding in through the seams somewhere, then uh, this root dissolving uh, material, the, the green gobbler stuff, the foaming stuff, it actually works really well. And as a maintenance thing, man, I would recommend it to anybody who's got an older home, period, both for sewer and uh, for area drains. So give that a try and you know see what you get. All right. Thanks, Dean. All right, Gary, thank you for your question, my friend.
All right, we are up against it. Uh, when we come back, it's time to, well, you know what? Yeah, you know what? When we come back, I'm going to take a couple more calls. I'm just, I'm in the groove. I'm in the groove. I'm feeling good. I'm running the uh, odds that I'm going to completely fail at one of these, but you know what? No, no. We're going to take another, we're going to play another round. We're going to play another hand. <laughs> more of your calls when we return. You're home with Dean Sharp, the house whispers. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp on demand from KFI AM 640. We're talking roofs and yard drainage and right, but right now, as is our custom. Actually, I'm stretching a little further. I say, as is our custom, you know, usually at the top of the hour. I'm just in the mood to take a few calls today. So I want to get back. I'm liking our callers. I'm liking our questions. I'm going to go back to the phones and then we will return to roofing and drainage. Okay. Let's talk to Susan. Hey, Susan, welcome home. Hi, thank you. I have a 100-year-old Spanish house, and I got a new roof about three years ago on the detached garage, like fully new with the new plywood and the whole thing. So I thought I'm good, right? Like, So we had those rains a few months back, those crazy rains, and I had a leak on my main house, so I called a different company to handle that, patch that. When they were up there, they said, hey, do you realize on your garage roof you've got pooling? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I have a new roof up there. I should have zero problems. And they're like, well, that's not good. And so anyway, so it's not leaking. But anyway, I called the original company who did the roof, um, you know, and I said, I-, I need you to check this. Like, why should I have puddling? And it's a pretty good puddle. They took pictures. And I'm like, yee, it's like the size of a small pizza box. And so they were reluctant to come out. It took me a month to get them out there. And they just sent someone who I know wasn't, you know, anyone in charge come out and they basically really didn't say much to me. And I asked them, they said it would just be a quick fix and whatever. I thought they were going to come out and fix it. And they didn't. They just sent me a thing saying, well, we'll charge you $500 to fix that if, if, if it bothers you. So what do I do? Should I be concerned? Mm, okay. All right. So you got to. Uh, so here's the thing. Ponding. This is what we call it. It is a uh, it's official condition. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've got a flat roof. Uh, so, so your Spanish style house, your hundred years. So you've got like parapets, I would imagine around the edge of your, uh, home and then a flat yeah. roof hiding behind it all. Right. Uh, how did right, I know that? He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, flat roof. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, it is, uh, there's actually a, a, a measurement by which we evaluate what ponding is and, uh, how serious of an issue it is, okay? And so it, I'm telling you this because I want you to do this measurement, all right? And you don't have to worry about doing it after the rain here, right? You can get up there with a hose and recreate the condition, and then I want you to measure it. And this has a lot to do with how much leverage you have with the roofer, okay? So ponding mm-hmm. is not an uncommon thing because, you know, flat roofs are never completely flat. And there's a there's a certain level of acceptance that, yeah, OK, if we don't have a big slope on the roof, maybe a little area will hold a little bit of water. OK, because it's a tiny little imperfection in the roof surface and there's a little bit of a depression there and so on. So a little bit of water. So how much is a little bit of water? That's not really the issue per se. It's not the measurement. It's not like oh, it's a pizza box worth of water, or it could be a whole sheet of plywood worth of water that you see ponding. Usually more than that, you've got a really serious problem. Uh, But here's the thing. It's a time reference, okay? So uh, according to the National Association of Roofers, 
uh, wa ponded water that is leftover water after a rain uh, shouldn't be there 48 hours later. And that's the key. And they, someone did tell me that. Uh, okay. But so how yeah, am I so, going to know I don't have a ladder? <laughs> right. Okay. So, but, but here's the, but we got to figure that out. That's the point. Okay. Because if you're having resistance from a roofer or you, you yourself are wondering, is this even a serious issue? Okay. That's what we have to find out. So what we need is we need to recreate the pond. Okay. And then we need to start the clock ticking. Okay, and and that would be a perfect time to do it, too, because we don't have unreasonably hot weather. Okay, we've just got kind of normal 70s sort of sunny weather. And so this is would represent normal evaporation. Right. So in other words, ponding is not a problem if whatever water is left over is gone within 48 hours. Okay, if it's just if it's okay. such a thin amount of water that evaporates away in 48 hours, then it's really, yeah, it's an imperfection, but it's not a problem. However, the National Association of Roofers are going to tell you, they're going to say, hey, if there's water left over over two days after a rain, after water has been mm -hmm. up there, then that's something that needs to be addressed. Therefore, it's something that you can wave in the face of your roofer and say, listen, we just did a test. Okay, it's been three and a half days and the water is still there. That's a significant amount of water. And that means you guys need to get your butts back up on my roof and get it dealt with. And no, it's not going to be, uh, you know, you know, I'm not uh, paying super extra fees for this. All okay? right. I need it dealt with. So that's where you stand. And so it's literally a very official test in order to see that done. Okay. All right, I could do that. I think what happened is the people, I loved the people who did my roof, but the guy retired right after, right after. He retired a few months later, sold the company to someone else who doesn't oh, want to do it. Oh, I see. You know, okay. I'm a liability yeah, I, to them. So that's yeah, kind of I get problem. it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, but okay. there there is a workmanship warranty there, there yeah, so that it, somebody needs to fulfill it. And, uh, and, but again, it may or may not be an issue. So for your own peace of mind, Let's get this test done because if it isn't there, you know, a day later, then it's not really a, a ponding problem. It's just a slight imperfection, you know, uh, and over a large surface areas, there can be divots and dimples in a quote unquote flat roof that aren't really a problem uh, as long as they disappear. But generally speaking, more than 48 hours, if the water's still there, yeah, it's something that should be dealt with. Susan, thank you for your call. Gina. Welcome home. Hi. Hi, Dean. Um, I have uh, a roof um, on my Good house. Good for you. Uh, <laughs> that's my opening statement there. Um, I and I also have, <laughs> I also have um, uh, uh, sun panels, uh, solar panels. Okay. So, what happens if you need to replace your roof in that situation? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, do you own the panels outright or are you in a lease? No, I own them. You own them outright. Okay. Uh, are, are you still on friendly terms with your solar company? <laughs> they, well, they were subsumed by another company, um, so I'm not even sure where that original company is. Okay, yeah, that tends to happen sometimes. 
Uh, okay, yeah. so uh, so here's the situation. And what kind of a roof do you have, by the way? In other words, what kind of materials it, on your roof? Oh, it's um, it's a standard. What is it? Asphalt tile. Yeah, asphalt composite uh, shingles. Okay, all right. So here's where we stand with that. This is my recommendation. Now, there are roofing companies who uh, you'll call out. Who, some of them say, oh, yeah, it's no problem. We'll take off the panels. We'll put them back on. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not really happy with that idea because that's a completely different uh, building discipline. It's a completely different trade. So for you, what you're going to have to simply include in your budgeting for your new roof. Uh, I want you to make contact with now follow up as close as you can, if, as closely as you can get to your old roofing company, uh, probably the better, but really, and uh, did I say roofing solar company? That's what I meant to say. Uh, as, as close in relationship as you can get to your old solar company, probably the better, but any solar company should be able to come out and for a price and it's not crazy expensive. Okay. Cause panels come off really easy um, for a price pull back or remove panels uh, that are in the way of your re-roofing needs. I'll tell you this right now. Sunlux has the panels on my roof, right? And I needed to make some roofing changes under some of the panels. And we weren't re-roofing, but I need to make some changes under some of the panels. This happened just last week. Uh, so I called Sunlux and I said, hey, guys, I need you to pull uh, nine panels on my uh, roof and uh, and... Uh, then I'm going to let my roofer get in there and do some stuff. And then you come and put them back. So in other words, the roofer touches the roof, the solar company touches the solar panels. So uh, Sunlux came, they pulled the panels off, stored them in my side yard here. Then the roofer came, did his thing. His work is guaranteed because he's a roofer. Sunlux puts our panels back together because they know exactly how and now I'm not worried that my uh, solar is uh, messed up because a non-solar technician tried to reassemble the system. Does that make sense? So that's what you're looking at. And if you've already got solar panels for a full re-roof, then the whole thing has to probably come off. Uh, but it's really not as crazy. It's not like having a, you know, a brand new install done on the whole thing because uh, very likely all of the posts that are holding the panel and the rails, they could probably stay. In my situation, uh, they stayed. So there you go, Gina. Uh, just have to figure it in. But have a solar company remove and reset the panels and have the roofer do the roof work. And that way you get experts in each category doing what they do best. Okay. When we come back, Let's get back up on the roof, and then we're going to jump into the yard. We're going to talk about uh, roofing and drainage as we continue our two-part series this weekend. You're home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. You're listening to Home with Dean Sharp, on demand from KFI AM 640. Mm, mm, mm. Your daddy's rich and your mom's good looking. That kid's got it going on. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, all right. Hey, thanks for joining us on the program today. We're talking roofs and yard drainage. Uh, a couple more things for your roof, and then we're going to jump off the roof. Well, not literally, just, you know, figuratively speaking. Uh, a couple more things to think about when you know you need a, a new roof uh, that's going up there. Um, where did I leave off here in my list? Uh, cool roofs, attic venting, uh, underlayment. Oh, underlayment. Yeah, okay. Uh 
if you are doing a new roof, uh, let's think about combining the re-roof or taking advantage of the re-roof with things like attic cleaning, road proofing, and uh, some uh, re-insulation. Uh, that's just a, it's a non-direct roofing uh, area, but these two things often work really, really well hand in hand, okay? If we're doing a tear-off on a roof that, uh, if you happen to be one of those few people that still have slats uh, up on your uh, roof, in other words, you look in your attic and you just see one by six thin boards with spaces in between and in between the spaces that you can see roofing felt, tar paper, black tar paper. Uh, when that roof gets torn off, two things are going to happen. One, it's going to make a heck of a mess in your attic. Okay. A lot of stuff is going to come down into the attic. That's why it would be good to go ahead and do the tear off. But before everything gets closed up again, uh, let's get in there and clean out the attic and maybe re-insulate. And while we're doing that, rodent proof and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and just know that once that tear off happens, the roofer is going to be covering over those slats, not tearing them off. Okay, The slats stay almost all the time. Do they have to? No, but it doesn't matter that they stay either. And we're going to cover over that roof in plywood by, or likely OSB, oscillated uh, strand board basically big sheets of uh, roof sheathing so that it's solid underneath, okay? No more uh, slats uh, in between roofing materials because what's going on, back on, is not going to be some old uh, cedar shake kind of situation, okay? So just think about it. Once we're up on the roof doing roof kind of stuff, think about roof vents, think about cleaning out the attic, rodent proofing the attic, uh, get those fireproof vents in place uh, that damp out embers from the local wildfires. And by local, I mean like, you know, within two or three miles of you uh, and uh, any re-insulation that has to take place. One last tip for you when it comes to uh, your roofing contract. Do not pay the final payment for your roofing job until you have seen the magnet. Uh, what does that mean, Dean? The magnet. It simply means this. If a tear-off took place, a lot of debris came down. Now, maybe you've already got plywood or OSB sheathing up on your roof and the debris did not come down in your attic. That's great. But a lot of debris is going to come down all around the sides of the house and roll off and so on. Uh, and that's great. Of course, they, of course they went around and uh, protected things and picked up debris and so on. I also want my roofer, though, even when that's said and done, to pull out their large magnet. It's a big old magnet with a big handle on it. Almost looks like a metal detector. And I want somebody walking the perimeter of the house right underneath the edge of the eaves, picking up nails, nails and staples and all sorts of sharp metal objects that have fallen off probably down inside the plant material, maybe mixed into the soil. Not the easiest stuff for the guys who went around just picking up larger pieces of debris. I want to see the magnet. The magnet needs to come out and you need to show me that uh, somebody has, has uh, picked up everything that has come off of my roof, uh, not just the large pieces. Because you know what? I don't want my, my pets, my kids, my grandkids, myself in my bare feet uh, out there. And uh, I don't want the bottom of my feet to find uh, the roofing nails 
I would rather have the roofer and the magnet find the roofing nails. So just make sure that uh, the cleanup is thorough, thorough, thorough. And I prefer, by the way, uh, it's great if that's done right after the tear off of the old roof. But even the process of putting the new roof on, believe me, stuff, brand new stuff, brand new nails, all sorts of stuff still falls off the roof. So I don't mind if they do it right after the tear off, but I want them to go through and do the final cleanup when everybody's done with everything. And that way I know nothing new is falling after they're finished with that. Does that make sense? All right. So let's jump off the roof together. Woo! Here we go. No, no. I just want to get down on the ground for a bit and uh, let's talk about drainage once the water uh, is, you know, not the water that falls on the roof, but the water that lands everywhere else, including the stuff that's coming down the gutters uh, and uh, is ending up at the house. So what is our goal for yard drainage? If your answer to that question is the goal of yard drainage is to take all the rainwater that falls on my property, get it into storm drains and get it out onto the street flowing down. Uh, that would be 100% wrong. Okay. That should not be the goal of your drainage system. And I'll tell you why we need water. You need water. If you want to save even on your irrigation bill, you want water absorbing into your property, okay? We do not have to be so antiseptic with our approach to homeownership and property management that we are somehow paving everything and directing any foreign object, including water that falls from the sky, away from our property. Now, I'm going to make a distinction here, and when we come back, we will uh, illustrate that distinction. I do want water away from your house, from the foundation of your house, but I don't necessarily want it leaving the property. How can we achieve that? Well, we'll talk about it when we come back. Your home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer on KFI. This has been Home with Dean Sharp, the house whisperer. Tune into the live broadcast on KFI AM 640 every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 Pacific time and every Sunday morning from 9 to noon Pacific time or anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.